The Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlay to in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We'll support you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use a promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com and a promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use the promo code SGPN to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Who would have thought the fight is finally here? The reason I'm here is to help answer one simple question. Who is the best heavyweight on the planet? But before the fight happens on October 9th, there are a few things you must remember. If this is simply another fight, then the same rules apply. 12 rounds for the lineal and WBC heavyweight championship. But here's the critical thing. If you find yourself dealing with an unexpected backstory, where anything can happen at any time, well then the rules do not apply. Because this is no ordinary heavyweight showdown. You are dealing with the concluding chapter. 12 rounds or less. The trilogy... Yes, a trilogy, the grand conclusion, the put up or shut up that will end all the talking, the conspiracy theories, the background chatter. Wilder Fury 1 was heavyweight drama at its finest. Wilder Fury 2 was heavyweight destruction at its most prime. Tyson Fury, the champion. What will Fury Wilder 3 be? You see, true trilogies are about going back to the beginning. And either discovering something wasn't true from the jump, or discovering the truth was plain to see all along. So if it's a trilogy you're dealing with, here are some super trilogy rules. Number one, Deontay Wilder's fists are inhumane. He can put you out anywhere, anytime. Goodness, this one is over! Number two, Tyson Fury will not quit. Five years ago... 400 pounds battling mental health demons only to reclaim his title as the heavyweight king. When he has the full arsenal going, watch out. Your resistance is futile. I'm sorry. It's the final chapter. The truth must be told. Number three, the past will come back to fight. Whatever you think you know after the first two fights, forget about it. It no longer exists. Whatever you think, whatever you assume... Whatever you expect to happen, chuck it in the bin, because this is boxing, and this is Fury Wilder 3. So in closing, let me say good luck, and to some of you, I'll see you soon. Because the rules say nothing is written, and anything is possible when Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder get in the ring for the third time. They are set and ready to answer, who's the greatest of right now? Here we go.
You are listening to The Fight Show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to my podcast. I am on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. For my additional content, check out my website, lockbetting.com. I provide a service that has delivered 100 months in a row of transparent trap profit. That means I am undefeated for eight years and four months in sports betting. I have had eight years and four months worth of winning months. That's a hundred months in a row for my clients. They are all transparent and tracked. You can see every single spreadsheet over at lockbetting.com. And if you don't want to go over there, just look at my Twitter account at SGP, at SGP Soccer. Look at the pinned tweet. And it's always the previous month. And at the moment, we have the month of September up, which was the glorious 100th month where we delivered 4,181 81 pound in profit, which is good for over $5,500. So not only did we get that 100th month, we delivered one of the biggest months in history. Now, September is notoriously a tough month. I was not thrilled that we had to go through the month of September to get that 100th month because it's the start of the NFL season, start of the soccer season. We know NFL week one to three is tough. We know with soccer, there's there's varying schedules. So some of the big teams have to have uh, new players adjusting. They have different fitness levels from playing in international tournaments. Then, of course, they have the Champions League to deal with, deal with as well. So it can throw up um, really weird results. The teams take a while to find a rhythm. And then, of course, with the tennis, the last Grand Slam of the year, you're dealing with players that may want the end of the season to come. You may be dealing with injuries, fatigue, all of those things, but that wasn't the case this year. We immediately blitzed the US Open tennis tournament at the start of the month, had a 12-unit buffer. That looked like enough already to get us to that 100th month and get us over the line. No matter what we did with the NFL and soccer, we weren't going to be bad enough to use 12 units, but in the end, we obliterated the month and ended up winning 41 units for my clients. As I said, £4,181, good for over five and a half grand. And you can come on the journey for month number 101. Of course, within that month, you will get this Fury Wilder fight. My official picks for that. You will get UFC content. You'll get soccer content, which will include the international fixtures for this weekend, the return of domestic soccer and the Champions League. When it comes back, there will be some tennis plays as well. Of course, um, Major League Baseball here now is in its playoffs and you get four weeks of NFL as well. So great time to sign up. We'll be October. October for that 101st month for a service that has 100 months of genuine transparent track profit over at lockbetting.com. So we are here to cover Fury versus Wilder part three. And we're coming off a podcast where we massively, massively nailed everything for Joshua versus Usyk. That was one of the most successful editions of the fight show that we've ever done. Me with my colleague, Jeff Cohen, who could not make it onto the show. We did promote it last time that he would be coming on the show. I did get his take for the fight via text, WhatsApp, whatever. Uh, also had a phone call with him. Also knew a week or two in advance how he was going to be picking his fight. So I will be talking about his take for the fight, but he couldn't make it on. But last time out, as I said, we covered Joshua versus Usyk. Absolutely nailed that fight. We knew 
that it was going to go long because of the the weight that Joshua was coming in at, the body type that Joshua was was bringing into the fight. We knew that he was looking for a, a boxing match, which is probably not what you want to do with Usyk. And we knew that Usyk was going to win rounds here. We knew he was going to win most of the rounds. We just didn't know whether he was going to get it on the scorecards. But I think he won so clearly that it was almost impossible, even for the matchroom promoters, to give it to Anthony Joshua. So we didn't see him winning it that wide, but we did see Usyk winning the fight we did see it going over nine and a half rounds that was my lock and we also saw it going the distance the only reason I didn't commit to the distance as my lock and Jeff did was because I had a feeling that after we passed the nine round mark that Joshua would get desperate and he is the bigger heavyweight and once he starts to to throw hands it can be dangerous when uh, Usyk is supposed to be the lighter man but Joshua came in very light Usyk came in much bigger than expected and in the end that factor wasn't even a wasn't even a concern. Joshua at no point looked like he was going to knock out Usyk. Usyk looked like uh, one of the pound-for-pound best fighters on the planet, uh, to be honest with you. He's an undefeated fighter, and he will probably end up facing the the winner of this fight if we don't end up getting a fourth one. That's if um, the Anthony Joshua rematch doesn't go ahead. At the moment, Joshua said he does want that rematch. I would seriously think twice about that. I think Joshua needs to stay away from Usyk. I think he needs to take a longer route round to his titles because a third loss and back-to-back losses against uh, Alexander Usyk will be very, very detrimental for um, AJ, as it will be in this fight for Dante Wilder. If Dante Wilder loses again to Tyson Fury, I don't know where he goes with back-to-back losses. Same way I don't know where Anthony Joshua goes. And it's weird because a couple of years back, we're looking at this uh, Wilder versus Joshua fight as the big fight until Tyson Fury came along and crashed the party. Then we're also then looking at Fury versus um, Joshua, as if um, Dante Dante Wilder was now the gate crasher because he wanted this fight. But all of a sudden, Alexander Usyk comes into this um, heavyweight division and shakes things up again. So we are not ending up with those big fights, those $50, $60 million super fights. We're not getting um, Joshua versus Wilder. And if we got it now, it would be seriously watered down because the O's have gone. These guys needed to fight when they had O's in their record. Um, We're not getting Fury versus Joshua at its peak because Joshua now has not only one defeat to Ruiz, but this second defeat now to Usyk. Could he redeem himself? Yes, that would still add value to the fight. If he loses, there's no value in in Fury versus Joshua, which which, which is going to be the biggest fight in the world. I personally think, for me, the fight I most want to see in the world is the pound-for-pound decider between Errol Spence and Terence Crawford. But that's not what casual fans want to see. Heavyweight boxing sells. It always has done. Other than that period where, where Mike Tyson passed the baton on to Lennox Lewis and then we saw the Klitschko's takeover from Lennox Lewis and heavyweight boxing left the States and they began having their fights in Germany and places like that. That was a real down period for the heavyweight division but it changed the minute that Anthony Joshua came onto the scene and when uh, Tyson Fury took the belts away from Klitschko, the stranglehold of Klitschko's out on the heavyweight division and it was rejuvenated and now money-wise I think it's at its absolute peak. Obviously we've had bigger and better heavyweights when you're looking at uh, Mike Tyson being a bigger overall draw and uh, a bigger superstar than the, than the boxers currently fighting. Uh, Muhammad Ali, obviously, in the conversation for the greatest of all time. Yes, but at the moment, money is where it's at. 
and uh, with, with pay-per-view and streaming networks like The Zone, um, there, there's no bigger time to be involved in, in boxing. And these heavyweights are absolutely cleaning up. But they just cannot get to those super fights because we keep getting upsets. And that's what can happen. These are the biggest, baddest punches in the world. Anything can happen in heavyweight boxing, which is why we should not be seeing anybody in a fight like this, which is a fight among that group of top five fighters here in the heavyweight division. For me, I still think they're number one and two. I still think Dante Wilder beats Anthony Joshua easily. I don't think Joshua will be able to take the right hand of Wilder. I also think that Wilder lands on, on Alexander Usyk, as good as Usyk was. I don't think Usyk will be able to to do anything against Tyson Fury because it's pr- practically the same fighter and uh, Fury is just carrying a little bit more weight and a little bit more reach and it's going to be very difficult for Alexander Usyk to do something. As for um, Dante Wilder, I think he lands on Usyk. I think he lands on Joshua and... I think he could potentially land on, on Tyson Fury. But we'll look at that now because um, the prices for this fight for me are a little bit ridiculous because Fury now is sitting at 1-3 to three minus 300. And that's obviously off the back of a convincing win last time out, granted. Um, it's 20-1 to one on the draw and it's 5-2 to two on Dante Wilder. The method of victory sees uh, Fury here at 10-11 to 11 via KOTKO and 3-1 to one via a decision, whereas Dante Wilder is 3-1 to one via TKO-KO and a whopping 18-1 to one here via a decision. Now, we look at the last fight and yes, I'm not going to pretend it didn't happen. Dante Wilder was dominated in that fight. Fury shocked him by coming in and implementing a tactic where he decided to walk into the center ring and stand there and try and control and boss the fight and take it to the biggest punching heavyweight in history. Not just now, not just in the now, the biggest punching heavyweight in history. Now, this has been measured. This is a fact. People can make the argument that Tyson hit harder or George Foreman hit harder. But look, the scientific proof isn't there. The technology and and the metrics and things weren't there at the time. So the facts are, the Guinness Book of Records say the hardest punching man in the world ever is Deontay Wilder. Yet, Tyson Fury decided to come into the center of the ring and take the fight to Dante Wilder, who showed in that fight he didn't know how to fight off the back foot. Now, he hasn't fought for a long time. He hasn't fought since that loss. Both of these men haven't had a fight since. They've had 20 months off. So you would think that Dante Wilder, if he's taking this fight, does have a better strategy to counter Tyson Fury coming out and doing the same thing. Whereas Tyson Fury, who was successful in what he did last time, is probably thinking, that was an easy night's work. I'll just go out there and do that again. Why didn't I just do that in the first place? But I just don't think it's going to be as simple as that. You're seeing all of these predictions being thrown out by people. And the biggest one is Tyson Fury via KOTK, which is available at 10 to 11 here. That's the biggest prediction. Also, people are going early. They think it will go even earlier than last time. Um, When you're looking at the group rounds here, which I'm going to bring up here for you, the group rounds betting here, where you're looking at rounds one to six and round seven to 12, you see Fury rounds one to six here at five to two and Fury rounds um, seven to 12 here also at five to two. Whereas Wilder is favoured here to get it done early, five to one between round one to six and eight to one here for rounds seven to 12. The over under markets here, we'll look at them quickly and then we'll talk more about the fight. 
We'll take it from round seven. Under seven rounds here is available at six to four. Seventh round or over here is one to two. So that's the halfway mark. I do think there's a little bit of value on that and I'll explain why. Round eight comes in next. Under eight rounds here at 11 to 10. Eighth round or over at four to six. Round nine here is the splitter. Under nine rounds here, 10 to 11. Ninth round or over is at 10 to 11. So if the ninth round starts and you take the over, you win that. If it finishes anything under eight. So if the ninth round doesn't begin, you cash the bet there on the under. I'm making that very clear because that is the uh, that is the 50-50, 10 to 11, 10 to 11, minus 110, minus 110 barometer there. It is round nine, whether it starts or not. So eight box rounds there uh, will give you the over. Under eight box rounds, so the ninth round not starting, will cash you the under. That's at the 50-50 mark there for betting. Um, under 11 rounds... Oh, sorry, missed 10. Under 10 rounds is at 4 to 6. 10th round or over is at 11 to 10. Under 11 rounds, 8 to 15. 11th round or over is at 11 to 8. Fight to go the distance. No is at 2 to 5. And yes is at 2 to 1 plus 200. So looking at the fight um, again... You looked at you looked at what Anthony um, sorry Anthony Joshua you look at what Tyson Fury did and it was pretty dominating and it was pretty shocking and Dante Wilder showed that he cannot fight off the back foot and that was a big problem for him there last time but I don't see this fight playing out the same way and I don't see all of these generic predictions where Tyson Fury is just going to do what he did again and and things like this fight is pointless and why am I going to pay for that again and this is a pointless fight look I don't know any poor bookies I don't know any bookies that are sitting there with their pockets out begging for money that there are no poor bookies that they didn't get rich from the public winning money from them and having hot takes that were normally correct. And this is the hottest take in town, that this fight is pointless, that Dante Wilder is just here for the money, that Tyson Fury is going to just do what he did again. Tyson Fury is so much better than him and Tyson Fury is going to kill him. And it could be right. I'm just saying that when this kind of hot take is out there and 80% of the people are saying the same thing, usually it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in soccer. It doesn't happen in the NFL. doesn't happen in any sport because, like I said, um, th- this wouldn't be available here at 10 to 11 uh, for Tyson Fury to win by KOTKO if it was a certainty. Tyson Fury to win the fight overall, finding a way to, to win it via TKO knockout or finding a way to win it via decision. Yes, that that's understandable. But it, for me, it's not minus 300 understandable when you're looking at a heavyweight fight. Had he outclassed him in the middleweight division or the featherweight division or anything like that, yes, I would understand it. I would understand that if one guy's coming in with his only route to victory being one right hand and needing to land one shot and the other guy could outbox his opponent, he could knock out his opponent, he could he could lean on his opponent, he could um, get his opponent to retire in the corner, he could win it in so many different ways I would understand that but this right hand here and this way of winning the fight in heavyweight boxing is a massive equalizer at this weight and Dante Wilder possesses that equalizer which is the hardest punch in the history of boxing now looking at the number of times these two have fought they fought two occasions And so far, they have already navigated 19 rounds. What that means is, in 19 rounds so far, the hardest puncher in the world hasn't been able to stop Tyson Fury. Now, you may look at that and say, well, that's really great for Tyson Fury then. He should be really confident that he can take Wilder's shot. 
But at the same time, how many rounds are you going to be able to go in there with Dante Wilder and survive? Are you pushing your luck taking this first and second and third fight and expecting Dante Wilder over the course of, well, let's say this goes seven more rounds. So you'll, you've boxed 12 rounds and seven rounds and you box another seven. You're looking at surviving 26 rounds with Dante Wilder and not getting yourself knocked out by his right hand. I think this is a very, very missed mispriced uh, fight. I'm not saying that Dante Wilder is going to win. I've already made that mistake in the last fight when I looked at the fact that um, he knocked Tyson Fury down two times in the first fight. I thought to myself that Fury was very, very fortunate to get up. Obviously, Wilder landed that punch in the 12th. Had he landed it in the first, second or third, there probably would have been a little bit more behind the punch. Now we're looking at a guy that is a lot heavier than he's previously been. This is the heaviest that Wilder's ever been. This is also the heaviest that Fury's been. Now, Fury is going to slow down at the, in the later stages of the fight. Fury is coming into this off the back of a bout of COVID, which is why this fight was postponed last time. Fury's coming into this off the back of um, having another child. And Fury's coming into this off the back of seeing $50 million go out the window because another fighter got beaten that he was supposed to be fighting after this. So he was already looking ahead anyway. Now he's looking ahead at nothing. And you may think, well, that's better because he's got a clear head. He's not looking ahead at a different opponent. But when $50 million gets taken out of your pocket and um, this fight was a stepping stone to that and now you have a stepping stone to nothing that is going to be a distracting factor so there's a lot going on in, in Tyson Fury's life and he's a fighter that's shown he doesn't deal well with layoffs now people will look at that and say well he did pretty well in the first fight that wasn't a actual layoff he had a layoff before that where he got big and fat and got 400 pounds on and and looked absolutely ridiculous but he didn't come back and lost that weight and had two tune-ups fight and tune-up fights and then he fought Dante Wilder this is a full 20 months out and I understand it's the same for Wilder but new, but Tyson Fury is notoriously bad at this he's notoriously bad at coming off of a long layoff so I don't know if he's going to be the fresh and focused fighter that was out there last time and destroyed Dante Wilder both of these guys are going to be a little bit rusty we may see a feeling out process and um, I don't think Dante Wilder is going to want to go in there and, and be so gone ho if Tyson Fury comes in and takes center ring or this could go the complete opposite way where Dante Wilder takes the Mike Tyson approach which is advice handed down by Mike Tyson this week that says the only way that Wilder wins a fight if he goes running into the center ring meets Tyson Fury in his center of the ring and throws bombs I think either way, either strategy, whether he's patient and is looking for the right hand over the course of 36 minutes or whether he rushes into the center of the ring and looks for the right hand immediately and tries to meet Fury in the ring and says, let's throw down. I think both of these lend their way to you betting Wilder here in this fight because he can win, whether it be looking for that right hand later on in the fight or whether it be running into the center ring. What he cannot win by doing is being confused and passive and not knowing what's going on and Tyson Fury coming into the center ring and Dante Wilder not understanding what the hell is going on because he had the whole fight mapped out in his head going differently and not having any kind of game plan and having a very, very shitty corner that didn't change anything in that fight and allowed Tyson Fury to absolutely boss it and didn't make any strategical changes through the fight. That's not going to help Dante Wilder if he's in the same position. But I believe, in my opinion, 
that Tyson Fury has has shown his hand. Tyson Fury has played his card. Tyson Fury's not going to be able to box that same fight again, not just because we've already seen it, but obviously we have the other factors. As I said, Anthony Joshua lost. $50 million has gone out of the window. He's just had a child. He's just had COVID. He's had 20 months off. There's a lot going on here for Tyson Fury. And, um, I, I don't particularly like Tyson Fury going in at his biggest weight. I even don't like Wilder going in because that's a little bit of the quickness gone. But as I said, if Fury's going to meet you in the center of the ring anyway, you don't need to be particularly quick to catch this guy from some kind of wide, weird angle where you need to throw a punch from 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 somewhere where he doesn't see it or, or, or hit him with the element of surprise. You can go in and you can bang in the center of the ring and you can meet in there and you can see who throws the hardest punch. Well, we know the answer. It's Dante fucking Wilder. So this is a very interesting fight. This is one of the most difficult fights I've ever had to call. On one side of the coin, it's very, very easy. One guy just beat the crap out of the other guy. He's going to be going in and doing exactly the same thing. Why should we see any kind of different outcome? At the same time, you're looking at that and going, well, why is this going to play out the same way? Why is Dante Wilder taking this fight? And if he thinks it's going to play out that way, why is he going to let it play out that way? Look, at the end of the day, this for me is the biggest question going into this fight. Dante Wilder was offered $20 million to step aside and not fulfill this contractual obligation of this third fight. This third fight was put down in a contract. They had the first fight, then they signed for two more fights and Tyson Fury tried to avoid this third fight because he felt like he beat Dante Wilder convincingly enough and there was even more money in the AJ fight. But he, um, but Wilder didn't step aside. Wilder turned around and said, no, I want it. Why would you do that? $20 million, for those of you who don't know, is a bigger payout than Dante Wilder's ever had. Because Dante Wilder, despite the fact that he was an elite heavyweight and he was knocking everybody out and he had the belts, he wasn't drawing that American interest. He wasn't killing it on pay-per-view or anything like that. For some reason, Dante Wilder failed to, to resonate with the US audience, even though he was the United States heavyweight champion of the world. It just wasn't working out that way. It wasn't a big draw. There wasn't big money being thrown at Dante Wilder. Yeah, he was getting millions to, to box, but it wasn't 20 million. And he was getting 20 million to take the night off. He was getting 20 million not to go into the ring again and, um, and face a guy who humiliated him and took his O away in the last fight. But what did he turn around and say? He said, no, I still want the fight. I don't want the 20 million. I want to take the fight. I think I can win. And he must genuinely think he can win. And I'm not saying there's any weight to his excuses where he was talking about his outfit being too heavy or or any of the other excuses that he came out with. But was there was there something genuinely wrong to a lesser extent? Was he not in the right frame of mind? Was he dealing with some kind of undisclosed injury? Well, I don't think he was because he seems to have disclosed everything. Uh, did he really have the flu? That was another thing that was thrown around. Um, like we talk about Wilder having the flu. We're talking about Fury coming back from COVID. And I understand that was a few months ago. And I understand that he's gone for a whole camp. But listen, I've had COVID. It does weird shit to you months down the line. And if we're talking about professional 
athletes in all sports, there are little margins. And if everything isn't perfect, if you're not 100% when you need to be 100%, if you're 95% or even 90%, it can make a significant difference. And as I said, the layoff is going to be significant here. I'm not expecting Tyson Fury to go out there and be the same fighter and do what he did last time. And uh, neither is Jeff Cohen. In fact, when I spoke to Jeff and I said I would give Jeff's pick out here on the show, although it's not going to be a lock because he's not here to explain it, he thought that Tyson Fury would um, would just box out a decision here. He, he agrees that it will be a little bit more rusty. He agrees that Wilder will be a little bit more hesitant and wary. And um, he also knows that, that, Tyson, that Dante Wilder will be a little bit more dangerous. If Tyson Fury doesn't come in and boss that fight and do that damage early, then Wilder remains dangerous for the, throughout the fight. Now, if you look at the first fight as more of a template, Fury's plan really should be logically to avoid that big shot and just outbox this guy from the outside and bank eight to nine rounds and win it comfortably on the scorecards. For Jeff, that's how he thinks how it's going to play out. He thinks that's... Um, Fury may be able to to stop the fight late on, but primarily he's leaning towards a decision. And I don't think that that's a bad shout here because if Tyson Fury is going into this fight with a little bit of rust and there's a feeling out process there um, and Wilder's still there four or five rounds in and it hasn't been a particularly active fight, then yeah, he may decide, I'm just going to box this guy. I'm just going to take this to the scorecards and I'm going to win that way. I'm not going to take any risks. I'm not going to get into a slugfest in rounds seven, eight or nine when I've already banked the first few rounds. It doesn't seem to make any sense. And Fury will be banking those rounds if Wilder's taking the um, taking the cautious approach and uh, not allowing it to be a, a dust up. If he is looking to, to stay patient and stay on the outside and he is looking for a big run, Right, then Fury may decide to just box his way to a points decision. That's that's viable. That, and that's Jeff's opinion. For me, I think that we may see Fury try to come into the center ring. I think we've seen him talk himself into a frenzy. We've seen John Fury. We've seen Tyson Fury. We've seen people from um, for people that are linked to to the Fury camp, like his like his like his brother and and people like that who are constantly saying this is going to be a walk in a park. This is going to be easy. This is going to be Tyson Fury doing it again and doing it quicker. We've heard people like Ricky Hatton saying the same thing, and that puts a lot of pressure on you because I know Fury is one of these guys who makes the predictions and talks about. Um, how he was disappointed that his prediction didn't come to fruition after fights. He's even said that, oh, I was annoyed that there wasn't another 10 seconds because I predicted that I would stop Wilder in round two. Now, this could just be bullshit and this could just be something that he's saying for publicity or effect or to shock people or whatever which wouldn't surprise me either but there's got to be a genuine side to that when you say something when you say you're going to do something to somebody um you need to then go out and do it and obviously the build-up to this has been very very testy and and the guys have said a lot of things to each other and it has got a little bit personal and aggressive again this is boxing. Um, I'm not sure how much you want to weigh into that. We always see guys doing this and going down this route and then they hug at the end and they're best friends and they're texting each other and uh, they're going to each other's birthdays. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit hard to believe, especially when you know that these guys are selling the fight and they're all on bonuses based on how many pay-per-view buys it does. So you need to be a little bit more realistic about that. I don't think Dante Wilder hates Tyson Fury. I don't think Tyson Fury hates Dante Wilder. These are just two guys that have to fight on Saturday, but make no mistake about this. 
Dante Wilder's career at the top of boxing, at the top of the heavyweight division, is on the line here on Saturday night. He needs to win this fight. If Tyson Fury doesn't win this fight, I can see them having a fourth one because Joshua's busy. Joshua looks like he's going to fight Usyk again. So Tyson Fury's going to need something to do. The biggest money fight in boxing, if this trilogy goes to one, one and one, will be the fourth fight. That fourth fight may be the one of the biggest fights in boxing. I was just going to say the biggest. I, I remember the, the number that Mayweather and Pacquiao did, and I don't think it's going to come near to that. But looking at the, the fights in second, third, and fourth place, I easily think this could wind up in the top five. I easily think it has the potential to do that. Not this particular fight number three, but fight number four. Fight number four, if Dante Wilder wins this fight, is bigger than Joshua AJ, even if Joshua AJ took place in Wembley Stadium. It will be that big. It will create that much intrigue. It may even throw up a 10 to 11, 10 to 11 line on the winner, on the winner, a complete 50 50 split, much like the second fight did before Tyson Fury came out there and just shocked everybody and just boxed Wilder's ears off. But going back to my theory from earlier, there are no poor bookies. So with, with, Every average Joe out there, every Joe casual talking about how Fury's going to win easily and how he's going to knock him out in the first six rounds. I just don't see it playing out that way. I think that my play here for this fight would be just to play Dante Wilder. Now, when I say that, I'm not telling you that Dante Wilder is winning the fight. I'm not telling you that that is a certainty. I'm not telling you that's a lock. In fact, I don't think we should have a lock on this show. I know I'm obligated to to play locks on this show and to give you the, the best bet. But the logic behind the lock is, is to find something that you're relatively certain is going to come to fruition. And you think there's massive value on the play. I think there's massive value on Dante Wilder, but I certainly wouldn't say it's a lock, not for one unit. I will happily tell you to go and take half a unit on Dante Wilder. In fact, I would just completely skip the money line and take Dante Wilder to win his fight knockout because Dante Wilder isn't winning a decision in his fight. And that's really the only way to play it because if you're looking for me to find um, a lock on something else and something I'm certain with, I can't do that in this fight because I don't know how it's going to play out. I can't get inside the minds of these two fighters. There's two strategies that Dante Wilder can can, can use here. And that's really going to be the key. Can Dante Wilder um, knock Tyson Fury out early? Is he going to run into the center ring? Has he decided the only way I'm going to win this fight is to go in, just abandon all logic and just throw my hands and try and knock this guy out. Try and land flush on his chin and get him out of there inside the first three rounds. Is he going to go rushing in the center ring? Is Fury going to go rushing into the center ring? Because if these two guys both have the same mentality, if Fury goes, I'm going to move into the center of the ring and while goes, I'm not going to box off the back foot. I'm not even going to learn how to box off the back foot. I'm going to run into the middle of the ring as well. This isn't even going to last five rounds. Somebody is going to tag somebody and either one could end up winning this fight. I think probably Wilder being the bigger puncher. So I think that that strategy that Fury implemented last time, yeah, it was great. It was surprising. Wilder didn't know what to do. He's not the brightest guy. He's not the best technical boxer. You shocked him. You bullied him. You outmuscled him. You leaned on him. You drained his strength. You beat the crap out of him and you won the fight. 
that isn't going to work this time. So we don't know if that's going to happen. We don't know if Fury's going to just ease his way into the fight, get some rounds in and go for the technical boxing route and try and finish it late. We don't know if Wilder's going to let, let himself lose the rounds and whether he's going to hang around and wait and wait and wait and wait for an opening, conserve his energy, then boom, Tyson Fury goes out and this time he goes to sleep or if he does get up, Wilder's straight on him like a rash and tries to go for the finish. We just don't know. So... I can't give you an over, can't give you an under, can't give you a decision, can't predict what's going on here. This fight is just ridiculously unpredictable, which is why I moved back to my point from the very beginning. We should not be seeing a minus 300 favorite in this fight. When I have done however many episodes of the fight show I've done, landing lock after lock and winner after winner and coming in here with complete confidence. And I'm telling you that I don't know what to do with this fight. I have this still as a 50-50. And I'm not blind. I understand what happened last time. And I agree that Tyson Fury should be a favorite. If I was pricing this up, if I had a book, I'd be pricing Tyson Fury up here at around about minus 200. And I'd be looking at Dante Wilder here at around about plus 150. But the fact that you're getting plus 225 here on Dante Wilder to win the fight and plus 300 on the knockout, which is pretty much his only route to victory, I think that screams value. So I'm not going to give a lockout here, but I am recommending a half unit play on Dante Wilder via KOTKO here to shock the world in this fight on Saturday night, setting up a fourth fight here between Tyson Fury and Dante Wilder. So that's it for me and this edition of the fight show. I'm sorry you guys didn't get a lock. I'm sorry you guys didn't get Jeff Cohen. But hey, last time we we did the Usyk Joshua fight, we absolutely swept it. And it's crazy. We had a stronger lean in that fight for an underdog and managed to, to call it exactly as it happened. It was almost like, as I said on another show, that we got onto uh, we got into Doc Brown's DeLorean, went back to the future, came back, watched the fight, did a podcast, completely cheated, and it sounded like we'd already seen it. That's how well we did. On this particular fight, I have absolutely no idea what we're going to see. And for that reason, um, you, you just cannot lay a minus 300 favorite. And you can't even lay the method to victory because, as I said, there's, there's multiple ways here for Fury to win the fight. There's one way for Dante Wilder to win it. And it's sitting there at plus 300. So I can't resist the urge to take it. And uh, that's what I'm telling you guys to do as well. And as I said, it's available at plus 300. That's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening. Tyson Fury, I'm going to be short, sweet and simple. This fight right here, you better be preparing. You better train your, your butt off as if your life depends on it. Because your life depends on it. Don't go up missing. <laughs> I'm going to smash your fucking face in, you prick.